0: So I live in Sugar House, and we got the notice, right, that they were going to be uh, exchanging the, the, the bridge over I-80 on, on 1300 East. And so, and I, I swear they said it was going to be a weekend project. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I can give up a weekend, or two, or three. But I mean, it, it, the craziest thing, you guys, is, um, so I live just on the other side of, of I-80, and um, uh, I'm just off the 1300 East. And uh, all week long, every day that I would leave here and go home, I forgot. <laughs> and I'd just be driving home. And then sure enough, I'm like, oh, you know, and, and so, and every time I get close, I'm like, how do I get home? And so then, you know, I'm, I, and I kind of know my way around, but then let's not just do that major piece of construction. I swear, every street, I was with my son. It's like, and then I come down this street and that's down to one lane. And nope, nope, this one's blocked. And it's like, this is so unbelievably frustrating. I can't get home. And then I wake up this morning and I have a meeting down on 33rd South at a Beans and Brews with somebody. And what's today? The marathon. Hey, let's give it up for Chloe again. Way to go, Chloe you go girl. Hey, and Derek, where's Derek? Give it up. Dude, you do the full one. No, you did two marathons. (laughs) That would be Derek. Anyway, both those guys, out I, I, by the way, I was praying for you as, because it helped me to calm down because I couldn't get out of my neighborhood. And I, I, and it was crazy. This happens to me every year on marathon day. And I'm literally driving around and everywhere I go, I couldn't go. So I had to call the guy that I was supposed to meet. And I said, I don't know if I can get there. It was unbelievably frustrating. So finally I remembered, wait, I know there's a map where they'd show you where all the streets are you know, blocked. And so I pulled it up and I got it on my phone so I could figure out how in the world to get there. Okay, there's my illustration to set up my message. Here's what's true about every human being on this planet. Everybody is trying to get to a place of absolute fulfillment, right? And complete satisfaction. Everybody's trying to find the purpose of their life. Every person is doing it. And every day, every decision we make, we make because we think it's gonna help us get there. And yet, so much of life is filled with detours and obstacles and hindrances, and it's so frustrating. And so, if somebody could have told me, called me up and said, hey, Dave, it's the marathon today. Here's how you got to get out of here. I would have been so appreciative. If somebody knew and wouldn't tell me, I would be really, really frustrated. So where we're going here today is this, is Jesus, why are we gathered here? No matter who you are, I know this about you. As a human being, you're trying to figure out how can I experience the full life that something inside of me is just driven for? It's drawn, there's, there's something innate within every human that just wants that. Well, Jesus said, I am the way. <laughs> he just said, I, I am the way. He goes, I'm the truth. So reality, in other words, I am reality, the very thing you're looking for. And, and, and I am the life that you're looking for. And so, and then what he told us is that kingdom. Is, so we're doing the series right now. We're calling Just Like Jesus. Because what Jesus said is he goes, ah, the kingdom of God, listen to this, you guys. The kingdom of God is a matter of righteousness, which again means things just are as they ought to be. They are as they ought to be. That would be like no construction and nobody's stopping you. You just get in and you go. That's how it's ought to be. And Jesus says, my kingdom is a matter of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so for everyone here tonight, he says, follow me, follow me. Take my yoke on you and learn from me and you will find rest for your souls. And then he says, follow me, live like me. And then once you do become a follower, he says, okay, now I want you to help everybody else. You got the map now. You actually know how to get there. And the, I am the way, you know how to help people find me. So help people find me because everybody's looking for life. All right. Here was De- Jesus' declaration. And this is what we're looking at. And in, in last week we started and for the next few weeks, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, Disciple. Okay, and Rebecca gave us that, that thing. A disciple is just someone who follows. He goes, make followers, help following to become like another person. That's what a disciple is. So then we're like, okay, well, Jesus, how, how do you want me to help people follow you? How do you want me to help somebody get to know you, discover you, get in relationship with you so they can have that? Well, last week, what we learned is Jesus is saying, I want you to disciple everywhere with everyone. Everywhere you are, with everyone. And that was this blessed thing. You can start praying for people right now. You can start listening to people, invite them over, take them out for dinner, eat, serve them, just start impacting their life everywhere you go. That's how Jesus did it. He literally was touching people wherever he was. And then he was helping them to get to know him. So now we're going to go to the next thing he says. Okay. And this is crazy. He says, if you're actually gonna follow me, and all authority has been given to me, so if you're a follower of Jesus, he was then the next thing he says is baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So just out of curiosity, how many of you just took Jesus' command and you've just been out baptizing people? Right? Now here now here's the interesting thing about baptizing somebody: is you don't actually baptize somebody until they've actually made a f- statement of faith and received Christ. It's a response to someone putting their faith in Christ. But the crazy thing is, nobody puts their faith in Christ unless they hear about him. And nobody's gonna hear about him unless we tell them. So here's the scripture, right? Romans chapter 10 says this, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, everyone. So remember last week, what are we doing? Everywhere with everyone, because everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go tell them without being sent? And that is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news, okay? So how will anybody go unless they're sent? <laughs> Did Jesus send you? Has he sent us? In fact, he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go do it. <laughs> you are absolutely sent because this is God's plan to help everybody in the planet. No. And so I, can I just say, so if you're here and if you're, let's say you're, you're not a follower of Christ, if you're here with a friend, you know what, the reason you're here with your friend is because your friend loves you. That, that's why. That's why we do what we do because people want people to find life. We want to help people get directions so they don't have to get lost and get frustrated and confused, okay? That's why we're here, and that's what we're doing. So, question, how do we get some beautiful feet? Because I can tell you right now, mine are not I, I, every year, I can't wait till we wear sandals. In fact, Patty Horton, our, our children's gal, she said, man, I put my sandals on and I'm not taking them off. I don't care if it got cold again. And I love to put my flip-flops on. That's all I wear all summer. And I've been sitting in staff meetings where people are like, dude, can you just put some tennis shoes on or something? I got a hammer toe. It's just nasty. <laughs> I, I've lost three toenails on my left foot from basketball, right? And they're just, I, I mean, seriously, my feet are not beautiful, And so, um, and some of us, right? So here's the problem, is the world, the world doesn't think we're beautiful. Isn't that interesting? And are we? Are we actually bringing good news? Because when somebody brings good news, that's a beautiful thing and everybody's grateful for it. Okay, so that's where we're going tonight. We're gonna to go, how do we actually follow Jesus' command to disciple by baptizing? Well, the first thing it has to, I'm gonna take you through a flow, flow tonight. The first thing that needs to happen is you can build a great relationship with somebody be super friendly and they really start to like you, but eventually you're gonna to have to move it to a spiritual conversation. How do we do that? That's the first thing we're gonna look at. And then once you've, you've, you're starting to talk about spiritual things, how do you actually share the good news in a very clear, easy way for people to understand, okay? And then if someone does decide to actually put their faith in Christ, why do we baptize them, <laughs> all right? So that's what we're gonna look at today. How do we actually start spiritual conversations? Because I, let's just start right there. I just know for many people, it's like you may do the BLESS acronym, and, and, and it might be something you enjoy. You, you're praying for people. You're, you're, you're listening to them. You're, you're inviting them out. You're eating. You're, you found your way to serve them. And, it, and it's fantastic. But then eventually, many people start to feel fearful at that point. After, you, after you've actually blessed people, yeah, but I don't know how to turn this into a spiritual conversation. <laughs> and now you just, you're just hanging out. Okay, so I've, I've asked Bryson to come up here. Um, I, I actually gave an illustration of him yesterday because he's, he's my jujitsu boy here, right? He's at the gym with jujitsu. But this guy, um, even though he just dissed me with how I served uh, the people in Eswatini, which I really appreciate, but, um, but being with him and watching both he and Reagan, like they were unbelievable. Like anybody we would meet on this trip, they had that ability to immediately connect with him. So I just asked him, get up here and, and just share with people how do you actually get to a place where you're having spiritual conversations and not just being someone people like to be around?
1: Okay. So it's funny because I also have a deformed toe as well. <laughs> um, I got a weight dropped on it. So it's just, a. Uh, anyways, uh, my feet aren't That's beautiful either. <laughs>
0: get really ugly feet.
1: <laughs> yeah. Is, uh, anyways. Okay. So I think about this in four ways, but man, I I wanted to use kind of Keith Tall as a backdrop for this as well. So I have, the first one is that it's a discipline. Um, When I first started sharing my faith, I was so intimidated, right? I'm uh, somebody that's like, oh, Bryson, that's easy for you because, but I did not want to share my faith. I was so scared. I was so intimidated. And that's, but over time, the more that I stepped out in faith, I started getting better at it. And I wanted to be good at it and I wanted to do it. But man, the more... I just started getting better and better and better at it. And I know a lot of you guys out there who are not like me, but are still extremely effective at sharing your faith, right? So it's a discipline. So if you can remember, man, this is something that I can grow in, right? The second thing is that Jesus, the Lord has to be the center point of your life. What's another way to say that? Well, you actually really have to be following Jesus. You can't, can't really give, it's hard to give away something that you really aren't necessarily following, right? So what does that look like? If you look at Keith Tall, he was like walking in with Bible verses every single day into work. He's studying them, right? He is, he is tending his relationship with the Father. He's, he's following God wherever he can, right? He is walking out in faith, probably in his family, right? All these different areas, he's giving to the Lord, Right? So Jesus is the center of his life, which, which falls into all the other, other areas when you're talking to other people, right? The third thing is prayer. We talked about this last week. It's not not number three. It's things probably number one, to be honest with you. Um, man, whenever I, whenever I go into any conversation, when I walk onto a plane, whenever I, like these conversations do happen a lot. I do have them a lot, but man, I'm, I'm praying God, show me who you want me to talk to. God, open up a conversation. My buddy Braden, who I was able to, uh, my best friend, my best friend Braden, (laughs) who I was able to help with, uh, with the Holy Spirit bring to the Lord. I have my journal entries when I first met him. God, I just lift up Braden to you. God, give me, give me an opportunity, right? Just, this was God. Like, just looking and seeing God do that is amazing. And the fourth thing, um, really is impacted by the second thing is, um, learning how to be genuinely interested in people, right? So like when we think about, man, I want this person to know who I am, right? But I wanna know who you are. I wanna know why you're on this plane. Where are you going? Where's your, what did your mom and dad do for a living? Why did they do that, right? This genuine, like one time Susie said this, Bryson, you're really curious about people, right? Um, I don't know why that is. My mom always used to say, you ask a million different questions, but God used it, right? So, but seriously, that is so important. When I think about Keith, Keith genuinely wants to know people. He really does. He, he wants to know you. And I think that is a key thing because when you, have, when you're, when you know somebody, right? They, get to, they wanna know you. They wanna know about you. And then you can show, if you have number two, if God is the center point of your life and you're following and walking in faith, you're gonna have instances how Jesus is working in your life. It's not gonna be like you're just pulling from nowhere right? You're going to be able to talk about your faith. It's just going to come up naturally. You're going to find connecting points. And we're going to be talking about, we're going to have a class for this, all that to go a little more into
0: depth, but that's how I do it. And yeah. Yeah. One, one last thing that you, you just touched on though, and that is that while you're listening and, and getting to know these people, talk about just for a second, the connecting points though, yeah. like you're actually looking for opportunities intentionally. I'm like, where could I How could I bring up uh, something, anything that makes it a spiritual thing? So, thank you. So, when, for example,
1: right? So when I'm when I'm on a plane, I'm using the plane because that's the one I have in my mind right now. When I'm talking to somebody, they'll ask me, Bryson, why'd you? Why? I mean, like, why'd you come to Utah? I could say, well, I came for snowboarding, but then God, I really felt like God wanted me to move out to Utah, right? And I really felt God was using that in my life, and. Um, or the church I go to, I'll use different things like that, right? And it's a really, that's a good one here in Utah. The church I go to, what kind of church do you go to? See, it it just leads to other questions. And then you're able to witness like, man, I I moved out here for my wife because you know, whatever God's doing in your life, that's how you use those connecting points, right? You see what I'm saying? So it could be a million different things, right? I work at a church. What kind of church do you work at? And why do you do that? And it just spirals naturally if you're walking with the Lord and what God's doing in your life. Is that
0: Clear yeah. that up. That's cool. All right. Thanks, bud. <laughs> no, but uh, in, in talking with Bryson, you guys, I, the, the, his second point though, that he needs to be the center of your life. Uh, this is huge. Because here's what I know. We're not going to take that risk usually of trying to actually get Jesus into the conversation or just spirituality into the conversation unless that's where you want to go. Don't raise your hands. But how many of you, when you get on a plane, you're like going, I hope nobody talks to me right? I've been there. And I'll be honest with you. And I've done what Bryson has done. I have gotten on the plane and said, Lord, would you please help me to sit who I need to sit next to today? And would you help give me your heart for them and help me to see them? Now, see, on one side, I'm just thinking about me and I don't want to be a bug. And on the other one, I'm actually thinking about the other person. I have found for me personally, if this isn't stern in here, I'm not going to do it. I'm just not. So I do, the fire has to come from an intimacy with Jesus who does love every person passionately, right? And wants to do it through us. And then part of it is, are you thinking, if I get an opportunity here, I am gonna bring up, a, I would say like a buzzword, a spiritual buzzword. Just bring it up. I was getting my haircut. Can you tell? I ran into a lawnmower this week. And, uh, I was getting my haircut and, uh, right over here, it was super cool. The guy opened his shop in 1980. He's been there since 1980. And he let me in. It was the, the last, I was the last customer. And he said, and you might be my last customer because I'm having cataract surgery tomorrow. So I'm hoping, right? So, so we're talking, and of course, I have an easy one. Bill and Rebecca use this all the time, right? Because people ask them, hey, what, how, how, well, why'd you move to Utah? Well, they could easily go, well, you know, I was, they could come up with some sideways thing, but no, man, these guys use it always. So, well, we came out to help start a church. And then you just see, you just said the word church. Do people bite on that or not? So he asked me why I came out. I got to tell him about it. I said, hey man, so do you go any church anywhere? And we started this conversation. It was great. I was telling Bryson about it. And, and, he, and he said, well, did you pray for him? And I'm like, gummit, no. <laughs> like, see, that's why Bryson came up instead of me. Because, and I, but what a great thing. To, I should have. It's like, see, I want to be more, like I could have totally prayed for his surgery the next day. And I think he would appreciate that. All right. So that's the first thing. The first thing is, do you actually want to share with somebody. And if you are right now, if you're, if you're, if you're a follower of Jesus and you're going, man, I, that just scares the bejeebies out of me. Then just sit with Jesus and say, God, would you give me your heart? (laughs) Would you give me your love? Would you give me your eyes, your love that laid down your life for every person on this planet? Because I just confess to you right now, I don't have it. That's okay. Tell him that. And then he'll give you that. I think that intimacy with him is so huge. All right, so then once you've done all that, you begin with prayer, you listen, you eat, you serve, and now we get to the final S, right? And now it's time to share. And the first thing you want to share is your story. Like everybody has a story. You cannot be a follower of Christ without a story. And I know some people say, Yeah, but my story's not that great. But if, yes, it is, it's your story. And so just, I'm not gonna get into that. We've talked about that. We are gonna do a workshop coming up and we'll we'll talk more about, are you always prepared, right? Because that's what Peter said in 1 Peter. He says, always be prepared to give the reason for the hope that you have. Well, I I can tell you this right now. If you're a Christian, you have hope and there's a reason and it's personal. So think about that and, and work on your story. What is it? How did Jesus come into my life and why does it give me hope? All right, so you share your story. But then eventually you need to get the point where you can actually share Jesus' story, okay? Because if he's asking us to baptize people, nobody's getting baptized unless they put their faith in him. And they can't put their faith in him unless they hear about him, okay? And how beautiful are we if we're prepared to actually share this with somebody, okay? So just real quick, I've been practicing this week. You know, by the way, it's way easier to do it one-on-one than it is to all of you, okay? And not even intimidation-wise, but I just realized when it's a personal conversation, I love that so much more. I shared this with you last year, and I'm gonna share it with you again, okay? I did it this morning with somebody. I did it with Mariah, I'm practicing on people, okay? Here's what I would do. If somebody finally gets to the point where they're saying, well, why do you believe in Jesus? Like, why are you a follower of Christ? I would say this. Well, here's what Jesus said, Okay. He said, there's two kingdoms. That's the word he used. And a kingdom really is, it's a way, right? There's certain ways that countries operate. There's a way that you do this. He called one kingdom, the kingdom of darkness. And he also called it the kingdom of the world. And he goes, now why would he call it a kingdom of darkness? He goes, because this is where there's so much pain and suffering in this world. I mean, look at it. You guys, all of us know this. You've all experienced. And by the way, here's where you could share personally or whatever, but you just go through it. We just know there's emotional pain. There is division everywhere. There's conflict. There's emptiness. There's, there's lack of fulfillment. There's just, this is the brokenness of this world. And Jesus said, that's because there's a way. There's a kingdom. And it's called the kingdom of darkness. He goes, now over here, there's a different kingdom. He goes, this is, he called it the kingdom of light. Or he called it the kingdom of heaven, right? And, and who wants to go to heaven? Everybody. Why? Because when you think of heaven, it's like, well, that's where everything's good and everything's right. Everything's going to be wonderful. He's like, yeah, exactly. So there's that kingdom over here. He goes, now every kingdom has a king. This kingdom of darkness, ultimately, you guys, the king of that world is ourselves. It's ourselves. It's when we actually want to be in control of our lives. So what we would literally say is, God, I actually don't really want you in my life. I don't want you messing <laughs> right, with what I want to do or how I want to live my life or don't mess with my finances, don't mess with my relationship. We just, I don't want God in my life and I'm actually not really interested in his way. <laughs> and so we do our own thing over here. And you guys, here's the reality. every broken relationship on this planet is because one person at least is thinking about themselves more than they are the other person, period. That's the problem in the world. So when Jesus comes over, he goes, now here's, a, here's this kingdom. He goes, here's a different king. And who's the kingdom of this one, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of heaven? It's God. This is God's kingdom. And at the, at the very center of this kingdom is love. And he says, every all the law, Jesus says, hinges on this one thing, love God and love each other. It is a life that's completely set free from yourself. It's a life where he he says, it's actually, as I said earlier, it's a kingdom of righteousness. It means everything is the way it ought to be. And it brings peace and joy. And so what Jesus did is he came down from heaven and he did two things. The first thing he did is he brought this kingdom of light into the darkness. He moved right into the neighborhood. And he says, I want to bring, I want to come into your brokenness. I want to come into your pain. I want to come into your emptiness. I want to come into your suffering. I want to come into any guilt and any shame. And I want to bring the goodness into it. That's the first thing he did is bring the kingdom of light in heaven into that. But then the second thing he did is he says, and I want to rescue you from this. You don't have to keep living in this kingdom of darkness anymore. He goes, I can actually transfer you over into the kingdom of heaven. And you don't have to die to get there. He goes, you can actually live it now. So what did Jesus do? He dies on the cross. And when he dies on the cross, he did that to forgive us for all of this stuff that we've been doing <laughs> When we forgive us for saying, God, I don't want you in my life and I don't want to follow you and I'm going to do my own thing. And then to reconcile us, to forgive us, to reconcile us back to God. So he offers you absolute forgiveness and reconciliation to God. And then he rises from the dead so that he is alive today. You guys, this is the coolest message. Jesus is alive today so that he can live in you to empower you to live in this kingdom, to actually be able to follow God. He goes, you can never follow God's kingdom unless you're changed, unless you get a new spirit, a new heart. And God says, and that's why Jesus rose from the dead so that he could literally live in you. So then what's he say? So think about it. Here's why it's good news. Wait a second, you mean Jesus will come into my mess and actually meet me there and love me and accept me? Yes, and he'll help me not live like that anymore and actually live a life full of peace and joy. Yes, he will. And then he asked just one thing. Here's the one thing he asked. When he rose from the dead, you guys, it says the father made him the king over everything. The king over the mess and the king of everything that's right. And he says, and it's all yours. All you gotta do is this. Take off your crown, take off your crown And stop being the one who runs your life and actually trust me with yours. Let me be the king of your life. If you give me your life, he says, then I will forgive you of everything forever, reconcile you to myself, and I'll live in you now and forever. All right? So there's the gospel presentation. Cool? So now here's what I want you to do. So our goal here is to equip us to be able to do this, right? So I have a, have a this is a diagram up here that my friend, Logan Wolf, who's actually the guy that I got this whole presentation from. And he actually has this diagram on a sticker and he puts it on his phone. Derek, you got one on yours, right? So there you go, Derek's holding up. He's got the same sticker on the back of his phone. I have a bunch of stickers on the table as soon as you walk out of her that you can grab one. And so basically... All you're looking at, right, is if you're sitting there talking to somebody, you can go, okay, hey, over on the left, there's two kingdoms. Over on the left is the kingdom of, of darkness, okay? The kingdom of this world. And you just draw a signal and it's broken. This is, it's fractured. This is the pain, the suffering, everything that I talked about. You, and by the way, you, you, there's no, you can talk about, because you know the person you're talking to. You know the struggles in life, right? So make it about them, connect with them there, all right? And then over here on the right, you have the other kingdom. And that's that circle. And this is the kingdom of light and the kingdom of heaven. It's the kingdom of love. And then you got the two crowns, right? The one on here on the left is yourself. That's the problem. And the one on your right is the kingdom of God. And then the arrows. Jesus actually comes into the brokenness to take you out of it and to bring you in to an absolute new kingdom. When he rises from the dead, who's the new king at the top? it's Jesus. And he's over everything now. And that's how you can use this diagram. It's it's just, I just know sometimes it's more helpful if you sit there and you go, here's the two kingdoms, light and dark. Here's the king, ourselves or God. It's love or selfishness. Jesus wants to bring the good kingdom, the kingdom of heaven into the darkness, and he wants to pull you out of it. That's where I like the line between that's what Jesus was doing, coming into our darkness and rescuing us from it and bringing us into light. And then he rises again so that he will live in you to empower you and to give you a new life. And all you have to do is say, I want you, please forgive me, God, for running my own life. All right? So I wanna, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Okay, hey, so so we'll be sending this out. I actually even just wrote this out because I, I and I will send this out in an email this week too, so that you actually have kind of the points. Grab one of those stickers if you want. Put it where it can be helpful for you. We we, we and and here's the deal. So what's our application? Um, I have to be done. I can't get into the baptism piece. Okay, we just don't have time. Um, that's okay because what we really wanted to do today is help equip you to actually be able to be a person who could lead someone. the point where they actually do want to get baptized. All right. And so, um, so what's the application here today? The first thing I just want to say is if you have never made the decision, if right now you're still in the kingdom of, if you're still running your own life, that means you're actually your own God. And you literally are, if you're saying up to this point, God, I don't want you in my life and I don't want to follow you. You just need to realize that means there's a separation, right? Here's God and his way and his love. And you're saying, I'd rather live here. Just know that that separation is what's causing brokenness. And it goes on forever, okay? How cool is it that God loved you so much that he didn't ask you to get your act together, but instead he says, let me come into your life. And I will forgive you and heal you and redeem, which means I can take anything and make it beautiful. And then he doesn't just come into your brokenness. He says, I can empower you to live a different way. And all you have to do today, your first application is say, you know what, Jesus, I want to give you my life. Please forgive me for saying no to you. And I'll receive your forgiveness. I'll trust you. And I want to receive you. Come into me. That's your application. For the rest of us who've already done it, I, I, I just I just want to encourage you again: pursue your intimacy with Jesus. He loves the world. He loves your neighbors. He loves your coworkers. He loves the kids at your school. He loves every person, and he says, "And I died for all, so that those who live should no longer live for themselves." but for him who died. And the reason we way we live for him is we spread the good news to every person on this planet because he wants them to know. Him. So if you don't have that passion, if you don't have that fire, Jesus does. He absolutely does. And he'll give it to you. And then band, come on up. And the last application I have for you is we are actually going to do, we just know that I just know I can just give this message and then we can just go home and not be like, oh, I, don't, I still don't know really how to do this. Okay, so on Wednesday, May 3rd and Wednesday, May 10th from seven till nine, we'll be right down here in this corner room, room 14. And we would love to help you. We will talk more about helping and practicing, getting good at knowing how to start spiritual conversations if that's your, if that's your struggle. If you're great at loving people, but you just go, man, I just don't wanna bring up Jesus. <laughs> like, how can I do that? We'll work on that, okay? But then secondly, we wanna help you Be equipped and feel confident that you could actually share the good news with somebody in a way that makes sense to you and that makes sense to them, all right? So you can sign up on our app or on our website. Please, please do that. We would love to spend a couple nights with you and help you be able to actually follow Jesus' command to go baptize people. Go share the good news. Let people hear about me so that they can put their faith in me. And find salvation. All right. So let's stand and we're gonna worship. And this first song couldn't be more the the, the chorus is so great, you guys. It's just gonna say over and over, give us a Jesus be magnified in me, in my life, and how I live, and how I love, and what I say, and may my life actually may the words out of my mouth magnify Jesus. So people can find him and how much he loves them and find their life. All right, let's worship.